welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Jonathan Bobro and Ryan Corden from Move38, a new kind of game company with emerging technology, including Blinx, a tabletop game system with a mind of its own. Gentlemen, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is it is great to have the both of you here. Um, it, you know, it, when I see an innovation like this, it, it gets me really excited, right? Because it's always cool to see new things coming to the tabletop industry. I know this isn't technically a board game, but it is a tabletop game, right? It's something you play on a table. And when you have this kind of technology element to it, it really want, you know, it gets me to start thinking, well, where did this come from? You know, how did this kind of manifest itself? So, you know, you know, Jonathan, maybe we'll start with you. You're an MIT grad. Uh, you know, where did this all begin? How long have you been kind of inventing gaming and things like this? Yeah, so uh, it's interesting. Uh, I guess, you know, I, I did go to MIT for my graduate degree. And, um, but before then I was building interactive museum installations. And mm. um, my true passion actually is for open source platforms and tools for creativity. And uh, I, let's see, was working on museum installations for Smithsonian and the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago. And uh, one of my last projects actually um, in building museum installations was what I called like a massively multiplayer offline game. And uh, it was, and that was kind of my first experience really designing games at scale. And uh, when I joined MIT, I joined a research group called Playful Systems. And my specific interest was this space between the physical and digital worlds. Um, and yeah, so I guess I, I surrounded myself with game designers. Um, and uh, I myself never really considered myself a game designer. I considered myself maybe an artist and a designer, but yeah. um, uh, I was surrounded by game designers. And it was while I was at MIT that people saw what I was working on and said, hey, John, any chance we could make some games for that? And I was like, sure, it's open source. How about we throw a little game jam? Uh, and people started making games on the platforms that I was designing. And uh, that's how I got into making games. Oh, that's crazy. So the platform you're designing was the actual light system itself? Well, or was it other stuff you were working on at the time? Yeah, I mean, I was working on multiple projects while at the Media Lab, um, but Blinks evolved out of one of, the, uh, one of the projects I started. Actually, it was a, a week-long project. I designed the very first circuit board for it in a class called How to Make Almost Anything. Um, <laughs> so awesome. it was... Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the modes of, uh, feedback, I guess, was, uh, light. It also, the original version responded to sound as well. Um, and so, uh, yeah, my, my feeling was that the world kind of relies way too heavily on screens as our mode of interaction. Yeah. Um, and when I learned while doing museum installations that, we could make things really physical and fun and interactive. And like, you'd get, you know, uh, children to just use their imagination and adults would become children. And um, uh, we really used all the senses. So you'd make things tactile, you'd 
use sound in the space. You'd use um, uh, smell if you could do it in the, you know, you can do mm. things like that in museum settings. Um, and in consumer products, um, so much had, I don't know, in the last 10 years become so, I guess, sort of flattened by like the app store and touch screens. Yeah. Um, and so this was kind of a, a push against that. It was like, no, nah, digital doesn't mean it has to be flat. Digital doesn't mean it has to be hard glass. It's something that, uh, yeah, you can interact with people and engage with things that are curious devices. So to start off almost like a study on uh, consumer interfacing, I guess, then, did it? And then that kind of then led into with, uh, you know, these relationships with your colleagues and so forth and kind of twisted into gaming? Yeah, I mean, that's my personal passion is the way people, um, the kinds of tools that allow us to be creative and creative with each other. Um, So that that was my personal passion, but it it definitely... um, I mean, I was brought into the lab specifically to work on games around cooperation. Um, my personal interest was the mix between digital and physical interfaces. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then Ryan, where, what was your background? Have you always been gaming or, you know, where'd you start? Uh, so I actually got my start doing a game jam. So he okay. said that he ran a game jam for his thing. That's also how I started. Um, and so when I was in, I was also in grad school, but I was working in the field of machine learning. Mm. And uh, I saw a game jam uh, was happening in New York City. So I was like, "Mm, let's go just do that for fun. And so we went and and did it. We ended up doing well. It ended up leading to uh, us getting a game signed uh, to publish. And so From there, I sort of caught the bug of game designing. And then I went on to uh, do tabletop games. And uh, recently, I have joined the Move 38 team uh, to work on bringing games to their platform. Uh, That's cool. Now, the tabletop games you were working on before, were these digital tabletop games or the more traditional board games? Or Uh, So I have a couple of different types of games. So I did some educational games. And then uh, I've done a handful of like traditional board games. Mm-hmm. And, and were those all fully launched before the two of you guys got together or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, very cool. So then when the two of you kind of came together and started working on, on blinks, um, what was the kind of the vision going into that? Um, like was a plan to, you know, see if we can make something cool here or did you kind of see this as like a five years down the road, this is going to be like a platform that we can, you'll build a lot of kind of gaming on. Yeah. I mean, I can give a little bit of background on that. So uh, when the company started, I actually started the company with another game designer who had seen the work that I was doing at the media lab. Uh, Five years in, we've launched multiple different products, different product lines. Um, Blinks started shipping in 2020. And when I launched the platform on Kickstarter, we had two games on the platform ready to go. Yeah. And uh, by the end of that Kickstarter, when we started shipping, there were 12 launch titles. Um, it's an open source platform, so anybody can make their own games on it. And there are now, I guess as of this point, it'll be 40 games on the platform published. Oh, wow. Uh, two thirds of those are designed by independent game designers, uh, some game studios as well. 
Um, and uh, Ryan joined the team at the end of last year as director of games, uh, specifically with the mission of making the games uh, deeper, stronger, really just investing in the uh, quality of games to scale. Um, we've got over 800 game maker kits that we've shipped. So people who are really eager and excited to be bringing games to uh, the Blinks game system. And uh, yeah, so we enjoy putting out games from Move 38, but also, uh, you know, I think one of the things that really stood out about Ryan was Ryan has like this amazing experience, not only in traditional tabletop games, but a passion for education and, um, uh, you know, Move 38 has kind of a backbone of technology, um, but uh, it's not, we're very much not tech for tech's sake. Yeah. Um, and so. Here's a dumb question. What's Move, where did Move 38 come from the name? So, uh, see, now it's probably about six years ago, the world's best Go player was beat by a computer AI, AlphaGo. And uh, the only moment that the commentators just continued to talk about was uh, a moment in gameplay where the computer makes a move that no single human, no professional player predicted. And uh, that was uh, the 37th move of that game. Um, it happened to be a winning move. And yeah. so move 38 is uh, the human response to playing with systems. Wow. That's a pretty deep... Uh... Uh, background to the, to the name of the company. It's almost like a singularity, I guess, in that case, right? Where you have uh, the AI comes to this point where it can actually create something that humans wouldn't even expect. Uh, that must've been a pretty uh, uh, meaningful moment, especially for you to adopt it as a, uh, as a, as a name of the company. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, admittedly, I think we're talking about the moment that people weren't talking about, which is, the moment after, <laughs> you know, like I think people can get hung up on like, oh, the ap robot apocalypse or yeah. the, and, uh, you know, the, the idea here is that, you know, um, computation is meaningful in so much as how it makes us become better humans. Yeah. So, so explain Blinks uh, to the layman. So somebody might not understand what Blinks itself is as a platform. Can you talk a little bit about that? I'm going to show on my screen for people that are watching um, just some uh, some visuals of your of your Kickstarter page. But if you could explain the platform, that'd be that'd be cool. Sure. So uh, I'll give kind of a broad overview, and then I'll, I'll let Ryan talk about some of the games. Yeah. Um, so uh, blinks are these uh, little hexagonal tiles. They're game pieces. Um, I describe them to people as like, it's like a little Xbox controller. It's just got one button, but it's got uh, magnets on the side. And they click together with like a real satisfying Step. click. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And each one of them... Uh, so, you know, they light up and they animate in all six directions, kind of like uh, trivial pursuit tiles. Um, but on the back side of them is game artwork, kind of like a Nintendo cartridge. Mm, okay. And uh, each one of your blinks um, knows a single game. It, it's, it's like a game cartridge for a game. And uh, after if you hold the button down for three seconds, it goes into teach mode. And it will teach all of your blinks how to play that game. 
And so oh, wow. if you have 12 blinks on you, you've got 12 games. And, um, you know, the system is modular. It completely expands. So some of the games play, you know, 10-player game with only six blinks, where other games are two-player strategic, um, but, you know, scale to really large uh, blink layouts or um, because they've got the magnets, some of the games are like shuffleboard where you slide them and try to attach at just the right time or moment. Um, I, I think that uh, somebody described them to me that I really like this stuck with me was that they're like, oh, I get it. Blinks is like, it's like a future deck of cards. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's this platform for um, really uh, a wide variety of ways. And I mean, the very first games for Blinks were actually designed before they had this six segment display that can animate different directions. Yeah. Um, and so we, we continued, uh, yeah, we, we have a roadmap that where we continue to expand and, and push the boundaries of, you know, what you can do um, uh, with this hardware. What's the minimum number of blinks you need uh, to play a game? Probably six. I think six. I think it's probably the smallest that we have on the pl on the platform right now. And is there a max? No, no max. So you can have a hundred of these linked together. Yeah, they're they're distributed devices, so they, yeah, they can in theory scale infinitely. That's crazy. And so, what was the first game that you launched on Blinks? The very first game that was yeah. designed for Blinks is called Fracture. And it was pretty neat because uh, the designers of this game, M. Laserwalker and Celia Pierce, uh, they, uh, this was the very first game that was designed at a three hour game jam at the Media Lab. Um, the game involved moving the board by fracturing. So like splitting the magnetic pieces apart and then having to arrange and put them back together each turn. Um, the origins of that game was it was a game around uh, diversity. The goal was your mm. object was to get your color touching different colors, not your own. Um, and uh, it was initially conceived as a cooperative game. Celia really loves cooperative games. Um, and after the three hour game jam, uh, everybody kind of just hung around the lab and we kept playing and iterating and uh, everybody just seemed to really like to play it competitively. And so it became a competitive game about uh, working towards diversity. Is um, So Fracture was the very first game on the system uh, and Mortals was the very second, which was um, a real-time uh, I guess, yeah, real-time resource management game. So something you typically couldn't do um, uh, with tabletop. And, and we've kind of stuck with that as a principle. Like, what are games that you can't do with traditional, uh, traditional tabletop or board games? And what doesn't work on a touchscreen? And, um, well, there's just so many... <laughs> <laughs> like just trying to get my head around this technology. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's crazy. Like I started thinking hexes and I like, could you go as advanced as something like uh, like a settlers of Catan? Like, can, like what, what's the, the, the most complex a game can be under this system? 
Can I pass that one to you, Ryan? Uh, I think we're still trying to figure that out. So yeah. Uh, so far, I haven't reached a limit where I don't think that we can, like, you know, something that is too complex to, to do. Um, obviously, the display itself is limited uh, with it being only those various different sort of pie pieces and colors. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot that you could do uh, that, t you know, like a traditional tabletop game can't. Uh, and additionally, there's a lot that you could do that, say, like an iPad or a computer game can't because you have the physical nature of it as well. So you're physically yeah. manipulating these things. Um, and so really, it's it's trying to figure out what is sort of at the intersection of those two uh, and, and what's interesting in that space. Uh, I mean, the goal isn't to make it complex for the sake of complexity, uh, but I have not seen too many ideas that I said, no, we can't do that because we couldn't figure out a way to do it on the system. It's just whether it will be fun and it makes sense for the system versus alternative media. Is there a version of this down the road where it has like an actual LCD uh, like screen uh, on the actual tile where you could get into more complex graphics or anything like that? Or is it always meant to be more kind of simplified tactile? So... There's definitely, I think we have a roadmap of different hardware, um, I guess, additions, like, um, but I think that uh, screens are definitely lower on the list than certain things like, for example, Ryan mentioned that like having uh, alphanumerics or something like that, being able to be slightly representational opens up a really broad range of gameplay. Um, uh, one of the things that we've toyed around with, and because each one of them, they're, they're little hackable devices, like you can attach an accelerometer. And so, you know, now all of a sudden the blinks have um, uh, more than simply like different clicks and different holds, but you can actually take the orientation of it into account. So, um, you know, this is something that I guess is we do with the community as well, looking at the games that are coming to life. Like, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we can talk more about it later, but we've actually started, we've shared this on our website is uh, we have a beta program for the next generation blink. Yeah. Um, it's got NFC technology in it. So it allows your, the blink to communicate with the phone. Oh, cool. Um, and so we already have game designers writing us going, okay, how can I use this in my game? And, yeah. you know, one of the things, for example, is being able to share high scores, um, you know, so, uh, we found that, you know, and then also we designed and built, a you know, kind of a, uh, MVP of a app where now all of a sudden you've got content that, um, can be used with your game. Um, and so if you need some aspect of a screen, I think there are ways to incorporate it. But um, I think one of the things that people just uh, people just consistently uh, are talking about mm -hmm. is just how refreshing it is to not be staring at screens. <laughs> oh, absolutely. When you're talking about the developer kit earlier on, what does that look like? Is it like you need to be a hard core coder to make a game for something like this? Or is this something that anybody could do with a little bit of technical, like, is it like kind of like Roblox, kind of like that kind of programming level or? So we've, 
Let's see. I think, well, I'll, I'll speak to my experience, but I think yeah. Ryan's going to be hosting or like, uh, we've got some workshops coming up for kids to be learning how to code. Yeah. So um, I've had, um, I've run workshops with eight and 10 year olds and, you know, getting up and running to code for blinks is, you know, 15 minutes. It's you download the Arduino IDE, which is um, Arduino is used by hundreds of millions of um, students around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that's neat about it is that like, we've made it easier than Arduino because when you want a blink to glow red, you just type set color parentheses red. Mm. And if you want to do something with the button, you say if button down. And then, so it's really easy to get started. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, the, the sky's kind of the limit. We also have, you know, like Google researchers writing distributed algorithms. And, you know, it also has, um, you know, it, 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 re- it really can ramp up because it's a distributed system that getting yeah. started is quite easy. And then how do they get that first, uh, like, is there like some kind of like a micro USB or something into the block? So if you want to program it yourself, you just kind of plug it into your computer or how does that work? Hmm. Yeah, I can, I can show that on screen if this is visible. So yeah, yeah. underneath each blank is, um, well, coin cell battery, like a little watch battery. Yep. Um, and then you can pop that out and underneath on the inside, you might be able to see there's like a little sticker. Yep. And that sticker matches the game art. Um, underneath that sticker is a program port. And so every single blink we ship is in fact a developer kit. Um, oh, cool. The game maker kits that we ship include the hardware um, that is open source hardware to program that blink. So um, the developer kit also comes with, or the game maker kit also comes with a blink that has a connect to USB port. Yeah, Ryan's holding it up. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so you can just plug that into your computer and then your hands free. You can just press upload from the computer and you don't have to hold the programming pins on the programming port. This almost feels like, like when I was a kid, I grew up in the eighties, like Meccano. We used to play like seventies days is Meccano. Like this feels like a modern day Meccano, right? Like where, you know, it's your, your imagination is really your limit. Right. And with, with time and, and effort and imagination, you can, you can create, not only take the games you have, which are already fun. You've already got a, a massive library from people to pick from, but on the educational side, I can just see that being such a massive um, area which a lot of people could explore as well, right? I think that's true. I think it's a, I think it's a big area. I just yeah. the thing that I think is kind of interesting and different is like if you made something with Mechanico and then you're like parents are like, cool, we're gonna use this to play with, like with our friends. Like, yeah, um, it's. Uh, I think it's pretty neat to bridge that gap where it's something that doesn't uh hold back creativity allows people to be creators yeah um but uh yeah i as a as a platform in the games we ship with um i can let ryan kind of talk more about those experiences because i think very early on my interest was make it something that's real accessible and real you know and a lot of the thing a lot of the games are kind of toy-like yeah um and 
from our current pack, the Kickstarter that's launched right now, um, the five games that are included in the party pack, um, they're, they're not toys. Like they, the gameplay is, um, uh, yeah, like I've only, <laughs> I, the games, the games play with kids as well, but I would say about half the games, uh, play at just a higher level. I feel like it's probably a slightly older audience for, um, half these games. And can you talk a little bit about the sushi roll? Uh, is that like a charger or what is that? Like I'm showing the screen for people that are watching um, where you've got the, the blinks, these little hexes kind of stacked almost like, like a Mackie roll. And then you've got this kind of wrapper. Is that like a charging wrap or what is that? No. So because the blinks have magnets in them, uh, this was inspired uh, by the iPad uh, cover. And uh, instead the sushi roll just has little uh, metal plates inside and they just, uh, it's the perfect way to keep them in your pocket, carry them with you. Um, and yeah, so that's the sushi roll. Uh, no need to charge your blinks. You don't need to keep a charger with you or even ever own a charger. Um, it runs on coin cells that uh, I change mine once every six months. And we sell coin cell batteries for uh, $10 on the website. It'll get you 20. Okay, wow. Oh, it's crazy. And so, and again, I'm just going through your Kickstarter page here. So for people that want to back this game and first of all, congratulations, I should have said that up front. Uh, I mean, you guys have started off very strong, right? Like you're already at 73,000, still got 24 days to go. Um, and this is an expansion. This isn't even the, the original game, but um, so I guess if the party pack is $60, so I guess it works out to be just roughly over 10 bucks per hex. Is that kind of the general math or? Yeah, so games traditionally have sold on our system for $15 a piece. And okay. then when we go to Kickstarter, uh, we like to make sure that we're rewarding backers with a really good deal. So yeah, uh, everything in this Kickstarter campaign is uh, really, uh, really heavily discounted. We want more game system, new game system holders. Um, and we found that people, once they get their first blinks in their hand, they come back for the next games and the next games. So, uh, and you'll see that in the comments as well, that there are people, they call themselves completionists. They don't miss out on a single game. Yeah. And then the game maker kit, I see that's part of this campaign as well. So somebody can actually purchase the, the game maker kit. Yeah. The game maker kits are $49 and they're available on our website and they're available as an add on in the Kickstarter campaign as well. Oh, that's super cool. Uh, you know, it, it's not often I see something where it just kind of like I, I'm stunned at uh, like it's an, it's truly innovative, right? Which is which is just awesome to see. You know, in the board game industry and tabletop industry, we see a lot of iterative uh, games, right? So this game has kind of obviously been inspired by those two games, and then those two games inspired that game, and so there's always new things coming, which is cool. But when you see something that is truly unique, uh, it's tough not to get excited about it. And something tactile like this, I can see as you're saying, multiple age groups, not just kids, but there's something adults could play and party games or families can play together. And, or if you want to get into the programming side, and that's something you want to encourage your kids to put their smartphone down and their tablets down and their Xboxes down and actually do something that's, that's going to teach a skill. Again, this seems like something that this, this fits into that, uh, that realm as well. Is that fair? 
So where, yeah, where, where do you guys go from here? What's the next kind of innovation? Is it Blinks kind of keep getting built out? I can see this continue to expand probably into hundreds, if not thousands of games at some point. Um, but you'd mentioned that you've, you've got a lot of technology that you had kind of start off at MIT with. Is there other paths you're taking with other types of games or is it going to be the Blinks? It's just going to kind of be the, the near future. I'll let Ryan talk about kind of the gaming roadmap, which I think is kind of cool. We're 100% in on Blinks right now. I mean, we've yeah. just seen such an amazing uh, response with the community. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll let Ryan kind of talk about what's what's ahead. Uh, I can share more if there's important. Yeah. Sure. So uh, with the games, uh, we are, or I am trying to, uh, sort of broaden what is available in the collection. So uh, I come from, like I said, sort of like the hobby tabletop uh, gaming area, design area. And so some of these newer games on in the party pack are moving a little bit more towards that direction. That's not saying that we're not gonna do toy style games or you know, sort of sm smaller games as well. We definitely are, uh, but I feel like we're missing some of these uh, sort of longer form games. And so we're going to fill some of those things out. Uh, there are some other areas like cooperative games. I believe that we have only one cooperative game on the platform at, at this time. Uh, that's a huge segment of the population who likes uh, to play co-op instead of competitive. That's an area that we need to bring more games into. And so, yeah, we're going to try to move into a situation where we are consistently releasing games uh, on, a, on a schedule, right? And so uh, people will be able to expect them to come out, you know, on a very regular schedule uh, starting in 2023. So is the plan like monthly or you're talking quarterly or how frequently? Yeah, I think it's, it's fair to say. So uh, in 2023, we're, and I think this actually, it's fair to share with the hardware as well. So I mentioned the NFC Blink, the Blink Link. Uh, and this is hardware that we're looking to launch in 2023. And once you have the ability to tap your phone to uh, receive the latest game, uh, we're looking to do that as often as every two weeks. So uh, new game designer featured and uh, new game that you can be checking out with the world uh, twice a month. Um, yeah. And is it kind of like the app where the designers that are building on your platform get the share in some of the revenue that comes from those games as well? Yeah, absolutely. So they get royalties, uh, similar to yeah apps or similar to the board game industry. Yeah. So there's an incentive, uh, there for them to keep creating, right? Sure. Yeah. Make oh, something awesome. good and sell more units. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, I want to wish you all the best on this campaign. Uh, I am so excited for you. It is just rocking and rolling, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where it ends up. Certainly, I'm going to be watching you guys for the years to come because I think this is just a start of an abundance of coolness. So thanks again for your time. All the best. Thanks so much, James. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, Produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, 
giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time. Thank you.